Ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, so you know what that means. It's an all-new episode of the Rap Lab. It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D, from the RAP to the LAB. What up, what up? Live in effect, it's your boy, the one and only, the only one, D, Red Barb MC. What's good? It's the one and only True G. Just called me the QG, a.k.a. Duke the Dumpster Drossy, taking out all the trash. And y'all know who I be. It's the Dreadlock Wonder himself, your boy, T.O., Y'all know the question that always remains. Gotta ask everybody, what's the dealio? Uh, good, good to hear from you, Mister Navigator. <laughs> Inside joke, people. Oh, um, don't, oh, don't worry. What are we gonna talk about? I was navigating, all right. <laughs> but uh, before we uh, get into today's topic, we got a special guest in the building. A good personal friend of mine, somebody I uh, went to college with. Uh, pleasure to call him a brother. Uh, Mr. Tawazi Clark, back on the show. You may remember him from the 1997 episode that's in the archives. Tawazi, welcome back, bro. Thank you guys for having me. I, I was trying to come up with a cool name on the fly, like how you did. Like, it's T-A-W-A-S-I. Nah. <laughs> I love the show, man. I'm happy to be back with you guys. Happy, happy. Yes, sir. And uh, the the idea for this episode, well, we was already going to do it. And then you would hit me up on Instagram. And I was like, yo, let's, I want to talk about the Kanye documentary. So I was like, you know what? We was going to do it. You said you wanted to talk about it. I remember uh, uh, the Kanye episode that's in the archives that we did two years ago. Um, you had some uh, opinions about that. Um, I guess at the time that was on the episode, wasn't really too credible on, on, on the subject. So this, this, is a, this is a good way to spin it back. Talk about Kanye, the new documentary that's all over the place. And uh, we we happy to have you back on. But ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to talk about today is the Kanye Genius three-part documentary, seven and a half hours. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's available for streaming now. If you haven't seen it and uh, you want to know what we're talking about, uh, go and check that out. Um, it, it, it's, it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal documentary. And um, we, we we're going to start it off. Um, uh, Major, somebody eating some chips? But uh, nope. Just getting yeah, the notes. We gonna start it off. We got a, we gonna start we got it a lot here. to talk about. Oh, all right, no problem. Oh, my man, my man over there pulling pages out the book. But um, yes, sir. yeah. So first off, I just wanted to make a point because we've seen other documentaries now. For those of you who don't know and haven't seen the documentary, um, there's footage in there from as early as 2002, which draws a parallel to another infamous docu-series that came about during the pandemic when uh when and also another netflix production the last dance which was about michael jordan and the chicago bulls and i just find it amazing how back then back in the day they were they they, they just happened to walk around with a camera and just document everything which is mind-boggling to me and um and a little background on me and tawazi's relationship uh we both was uh in in york college aka the corrections facility <laughs> and and we was in the, the the communications technology program. We was both CT majors, and one of the classes you had to take was a documentary class. But I never, I would have never thought to you know walk around and document everything for over twenty years with with the idea of of repurposing it uh, twenty years later. Um, so again, uh, the folks that did the Last Dance and now the, and now Cootie who did the, the the Kanye documentary, who we'll touch on in just a bit. Um, it's just it's just fascinating to me that they had this idea from so long ago. So Tawazi, since you're the guest, we start with you. Um, what's your opinion on on the way that this was shot, produced? Like, 
you know, the, the idea of of having footage from that long ago and not doing anything with it till recently? I mean, to, s- to answer that question, it's kind of interesting to me. One, uh, let me just first by start by saying I loved it, every single moment of it. And the idea of them is just genius that Cootie saw the talent within him. And I know you're going to touch on Cootie later, but it's just the, the, the fo- I mean, just seeing into the future and just knowing like, yo, you meet a guy and you believe in him from the jump. So for Cootie, I mean, as a filmmaker, is very, really ambitious to say like, you followed this guy around for a whole bunch of years and kept 20 years worth of footage is insane to me. You know what I mean? Like think of the hard drive space, think of all the tapes he had to mull through. Think of how they had to actually craft this story and put it together. I thought it was an amazing job. And, you know, just shout outs to them for just seeing what gems they had, like the diamond in the rough that they had. And for them to put that out is just so dope. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's for me, like I said, it's just all this, all this footage. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, even though in the documentary they say that, you know, this is for an MTV special that they wanted, MTV wanted to use Cootie's footage for it. The fact that they weren't really sure what they were going to do with all this footage is what, and we, is what makes me scratch my head because, you know, and then you know how some people, like, let's say Kanye and Cootie lose touch, which they did, which we'll touch on in a bit. But Cootie could have did his own thing, like, you know, like, like back when uh, people had footage of, unreleased footage of Tupac, they won't go because, you know, they shot that, that's their footage, they own it. They could have easily just went ahead and sold it and be like, oh, before they were stars. Or something. We've seen that in multiple, not just with rap, but multiple, multiple facets of entertainment. So they could have did that. QG, let me ask you, because I know you took very detailed notes on the whole thing. What was your thoughts on, on all the all the footage from way back when? I thought the footage was surreal because speaking for not just myself, but for all of us and all the fans that live those moments, we remember when the college dropout came out. We remember watching Kanye on MTV, BET and all this stuff. And to see the behind the scenes footage that we don't know about to come out now, it takes us back to where we were when we first remembered seeing Kanye West. And I was just intrigued that there were so many things that he did before the college dropout that I didn't even know about. I heard of him, but I didn't really know him. I never saw him. And to see footage of him way back when, before the college dropout, before late registration, before Rockefeller, before any of those things, I thought it was a masterpiece. And it and it gave us insight to more about Kanye West, the person. You know, to know him is to understand him. And I felt it was wonderfully, wonderfully done by Cootie and everybody else that was involved. Uh, Rev, what about your thoughts on the old footage? I love it. I love that guys like Cootie and folk like that were willing to carry um the camera around like you said, Al, because, you know, it was kind of um uncommon to see that. And the camera always, you know, was so big back in the day. Now, you know, we could be cameramen. We carry phones and document footage left and right. So, you know, back in those days, they didn't have the access we had to the cell phones. But shout out to him for doing that and anybody else, because footage like this, it stays in the moment. You could talk about it. You could say stories. But when you actually see it and feel a part of it, it's so much more special. Um 
I, I wish more artists from those days did more things like that and it should show today's artists that um they need to be having that record button on because you could get priceless moments in in anybody's career i mean look at um triple x tension he you know i'm not sure if he had any uh documentation or footage of people you know around him in that capacity but you know he obviously was gone too soon so more artists should be doing things like that and just kind of just keeping documentation of, of concerts or backstage or or album making process just to have because you know we we appreciate something like this to donate seven and a half hours to and be here talking about it so okay and to what's what's your thoughts on the old footage i loved it and um just i just about all four of y'all touched on it it's just like how cootie um who was once a comedian and you know he just thought he saw something bigger and he had a better vision and for him to go around for 20 years filming this documentary and not just him shout out to chike as well chike <laughs> chike and, 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 and i actually know chike from a long time ago too through my brothers god so, damn you know everybody don't you uh <laughs> not really but now nah, um shout out to chike too because he was there behind the scenes and um and who would have thought that um like when you look at Kanye West's earlier times, it's like, damn, you saw a different side of him and leading up to more years and the later years. And then one more thing, who would have thought if we would never knew about this documentary that the through the wide video was going to be like the foreshadow of what was coming later on? Because through the wire, it does have like a hint of, you know, this might be like a documentary type video. So it's a testimony video of what he went through. To where yeah. he got at, at Rockefeller Records and all that stuff, which we all gonna uh, tackle on later on throughout this episode. But me, I loved it. It, it. it felt like, you know, we 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 always want to see the earlier sides of artists before they became big, like where they came from and the footage. And, and like and like a uh, rep said, it's like you 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 didn't have much filmmakers back then for people to go around for a lot of artists just documenting twenty years. Would it, you didn't know what to do with it, so hey, I loved it. Yep, starts starts in 1998, and uh, like we we've been we've been name dropping him for the longest, so uh, let's talk about it. So Cootie is the is the man who puts all of this together, and um, for a lot of people who don't know, and this even stumped me because y'all know I, I we all we all do research here, but Cootie was actually a media personality um back in Chicago back in the day. He wasn't a big name media personality, like he wasn't like a like a Funk Flex or or Ed Lover or Dr. Dre from Yo MTV Raps, he just had like a little public access show. But as 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 the as the documentary points mm-hmm. out, he did have some notable guests on his show. Uh, he had names like DeBrat, Harlem World, um, uh, Crucial. Uh, he confused Bow Wow for a girl. That was funny. <laughs> um, that, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was that yes, people, that is that's him who did it. <laughs> That was hilarious. Uh, Bow Wow was a little Bow Wow. It's like that's a it's like that's a it's like that's a nigga, man. He's like, oh man. But but it's funny the way that and he even talks about the way he first found out about Kanye West, because he would, as he would say on the documentary, and they even put clips from the public access show, he would talk to all these uh rap artists from Chicago, Rhyme Fest, and everybody else, and they would be like, Yeah, I just had production from Kanye, my man Kanye West, blah, 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 blah. And he even says it. He was like, that's how he heard about Kanye, because everybody that he would interview would, would talk about Kanye. And then finally, they they connected him to Kanye's first group, the Go-Getters. And then he had that connection with Harlem World. And then, you know, he eventually linked up with Kanye to document everything, which, you know, 
that that adds an interesting twist to the story. And just as much as this documentary is Kanye's story, it's also Cootie's story. Cootie's because, story, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah, because there are certain splices and clips where you know it'll make a flashback to Cootie's life. Like like for example, Cootie talks about his grandma going toward the ep- the end of episode one and all that other stuff. So I, I just found that very interesting. I um, think the stars and- were aligned as well because when you look back at it him coming from Channel Zero, which is a Chicago station, and interviewing all these acts to be invited to Jermaine Dupri's birthday party and to run into him at that birthday party, Cootie's like, oh man, Chicago's in the building. Like, I've heard of him. Now I run into him here. This is something special. So you know what? And to see the enthusiasm with Kanye when he linked up with Harlem World and just his hunger and his passion. Chicago needed that. They needed a platform. They needed somebody to help certify Chicago. And I think Cootie saw the vision earlier, like you guys touched on. There's a there's a powder keg here. There's a star here, mm-hmm. a future here. Mm-hmm. So I need to follow this guy. I need to see where this takes us because Chicago needs this. I think the overall basis of it, hey, we got to put Chi-Town on the map. We got all these great acts and things, but there's somebody here in the shadows that you might not know about that can do it. Uh, that's, yeah, a fact, that, though. <laughs> that's a fact that's true and um the documentary starts it's interesting because they start out in a modern m- current time you know um kanye um he's sitting there he's has he has like a looks like a bulletproof vest on and he's telling he's telling the cameraman yeah my man cootie got this documentary so even 20 years later Kanye's aware that you know this thing is still being worked on and i guess it finally got the green light and then they then they kind of do a flashback. You know, they talk about Kanye as a successful producer and, um, you know, working with Harlem World, which was like his real first big break. I know, uh, QG, you have a you, you, you don't think Harlem World is the crew of the year. Back not, in true. not true. Not true. Not true. <laughs> actually, 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 you know, the, you, know, you know, the sad part is. You actually carried their bags and cleaned their toilets. So I mean, I mean, no wonder you actually like Harlem World. But um, I respect I, I respect the album. You know, happy anniversary to the album. You could go to the uh, social media page and see that it was up there. Kanye actually did four beats on that album. Yo, shout out to my man Blinky Blink. It was good to see him on the documentary. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Rest in peace. Rest in them. peace, Huddy. Rest in peace, Huddy. Oh. Word up, Huddy Six. Huddy yeah, Six, man. Peace, Damn. Huddy six, man. Can I my say man. something right quick about Cootie, though? Yeah. Like, I feel it was just interesting, like, going back there and really seeing the grassroots because I knew a lot of us, like, the same way. It's like a lot of parallels between Cootie as a fan and us as fans because, as you guys stated earlier, a lot of us were hearing about Kanye. Like, I remember the part, we got to talk about that a little later, but the part when he was on MTV and do you hear it first? I remember literally watching that as a kid. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I'm in high school. You see, and you're hearing Kanye West on the track. Kanye West, you heard him on Blueprint. So it's crazy to see that he had that buzz prior to Blueprint. Like, I'm learning, like, okay, he was with Harlem World. Okay, all right. He was with Mason, all them boys. That was kind of tough. You know what I mean? So it's just that journey. And you see that. Sp- yeah. Like, so it's- from. 98 like i'm gonna get on and you know i'm gonna get on you know (laughs) and it shows that you had to come here you see kanye came to the east coast new york specifically to get a deal so that that's how it was back then Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and, and, and there's a lot of things in this documentary, you know, that, that even us as hardcore hip-hop heads may not have known. I learned a lot. Like, I didn't know that he left Chicago to move to Newark, New Jersey. Like, that that was, you know, like, and, and the thing is, like, we will always hear stories of Kanye and how nobody believed in him early on. But, you know, those were all hearsay tales, you know? Like, nothing was ever proven on video, which is going to bring me to my next point in the conversation. So Kanye gets all this success as a producer. He's pro- at this at this point in the documentary, he's produced for Jay-Z. Uh, Blueprint 1 already came out. He even goes into Rockefeller office and pulls out the CD and says, yo, this changed my life. He, he's, he's produced for Scarface. But now he's trying to be a rapper. And this, to me, was the most interesting scene in the first in the first episode. So I guess he had a demo for All Falls Down, and he's rapping it for everyone that he whose attention he could get. But it's like they're not even really listening. Yeah, like especially that lady. damn Shaka Pilgrim. She pissed yeah, me off. I was just about to say that. Like, he goes <laughs> Clown. to Shaka. Goes oh, to wait Shaka. a minute. Relax, relax. He goes to Shaka, and she's listening to something. He turns it off, put all falls down on, takes his retainers out, and then they're looking at him like he's crazy. He's like, yeah, I got to take these out so I can rap. And mind you, he's playing the music and rapping along to the song, and she's still processing paperwork and taking phone calls like it's nothing. And well... At one point, she even laughs at him when he's trying to get like you know, and then the 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 performance is messed up because somebody knocked on the door and he had to open it. You talking um, about Carlene? You talking about when yeah. Carlene when he said that line about um, she couldn't afford a car, so she named her daughter Alexis. She liked that bar. She found. I'm about to say she did like that bar. But um, she was better than Shaka. But let me point out before that, I actually did some it's research on this. Process. Somebody that worked for Rockefeller actually said this about Shaka that when Shaka is busy doing something that's her that's her face that's her main focus when phones are ringing and doing all that stuff because that clip went viral and people on Twitter were talking about oh how could she just act like the song wasn't hot yada 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 and she was getting a lot of heat but people said it who works at Rockefeller that's just how she is she's very stone-faced very serious so when she's doing something behind her desk that's just how she is I just wanted a reaction. Just to clear that up. Just to clear that up for sure. I just wanted a reaction. She don't she don't have to say it's hot. She could be like, okay, okay. If she would have done that, I'd have left it alone. But to go back real quick, but 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 to add into that, because Candyman touched on the production. When Kanye did all this work for all these different, you know, artists, Izzo put him on the map because I remember the the BET Awards when when it was first you know, performed by Jay-Z. And my father bought me that Blueprint album. And then when I, you know, when I'm reading the liner notes, I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh man. So that song, Izzo, put Kanye on the map. It took him to another level as far as, yo, this is another producer. This this is the producer that I want to go to. You know, when you got that producer that just has that beat that changes everything, that's what Izzo was. And he he was in the video for like a good quick cameo too. Yeah, good quick cameo. Good hot second. <laughs> what's it, Destiny? Uh, and I, no, was it was Destiny's child in that video too? Yes, they were. Yeah, that was in the laundromat scene. Yep. Also, Nally, also, Nally was in there. Mhm. And I think it's dope. Like, if you're talking about him as a producer and the access that they had in the film, it was. And if you really go back to that time, because I think an important element to this film is the time. Like, if you really look at the time, like 
You could look at Shaka and vilify Shaka for not listening to him, but look at the model that Rockefeller had. They showed PD Crack on the video set, one's for PD Crack and two's for free. I was going crazy because you remember that time, it was like chains, baggy pants, if you yes. ain't have a shirt with something on it, and everything was gangster, misogynistic rap about getting money, selling drugs. And Kanye wasn't that mold, but he fought through it like, nah, I'm not that person, but you're going to hear me. You know what I mean? And, and think about growing up in New York. Mm. What did he say on Big Brother? No, nah, absolutely. Three. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, when he said, when I kicked the flow, it was a pick and roll. Because when, because mm. even, even if he gave me the rock, it's a give and go. I guess Beanie style was more of a slam dunk and my shit was more like a finger roll. Max. He told you <laughs> mm. about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to say and carry off of that, that, um, you know, the allure, I guess, of P.D. Crack, you know, and m meanwhile, you know, Rockefeller was in this war with, you know, Nas, Bravehearts and all yep. that. They they wanted someone like, Word. you know, how P.D. Crack was, Jewels and everything. And, you know, Kanye was a bit yeah. more like, uh, I guess, conscientious or uh, underground or backpack rapperish. And maybe that's why uh, Dame didn't want to put um his stake in Kanye Right then and there but um you know we'll talk about more so how he got behind the mic and you know did his thing aside from producing you know something um can i ask you guys a question uh, imagine if he came out the gate and jumped into those beefs what do you guys think what would have happened if he would have came out with a record dissing those 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 same people that you just mentioned he, he, I, I don't know if he's cut like that yeah i don't know if he's cut like that because you know these are real things these like dudes that. like yeah, they ran into each ran into each other in hotels and stuff like that. And I'm not right. trying to say like you know Kanye's not you know he's no Freddie Fox or anybody, but you know I I just don't know if he uh, got into hip hop for that kind of reason, you know. Right. And, well, and, and, he's, that, and he's worked with Nas already, so I don't think he wants why, to jump in that. Because because the reason why I say that, you know, when you got people that 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 want to be a part of a label and if they want to impress the label execs, oh well. Mm -hmm. I'm down with this crew. If they got a beef with this crew, well, let me jump all in it to try to impress them. We've seen a lot of artists do that. And Rockefeller so was one of them. Young Guns. I just, I just find it interesting that, you know, like Kanye, Kanye was so sure of himself and his style that he didn't have to go that route. So I commend him for that. Yep. And, and it's hard to do that in the industry. Oh, uh, oh no. So go ahead. Go ahead, Tawazi. I'll chime in after. Nah, it's hard to do that in the industry, especially at that time when you take a look at commercial hip-hop and how it was like, you know, the industry gets a hold of stuff and they just milk it. Oh, yeah, we need another Jay-Z. So let's get 40 guys and throw them in throwbacks so everybody has a throwback. And the whole way how he broke away from that mold and was like, nah, I'm different. I'm not going to be that. I don't need a fitted and I don't need this and I don't need that. And he just really put that out there and he was determined. So I love to see the access and to think like Dame was crazy. Like you let all these people pass and you had the gem right there. Like put him in coach, you know? So it's like hindsight being 2020. 20, yeah. All of them made mistakes. <laughs> but here's the thing about beefs though. And, and, and it's proven later on going toward the end of episode one. Kanye's in the car with everybody, and, and he finds out that Doug Infinite dissed him on a diss record. Oh. And I kind of laughed because it was like, yo, you want to go confront him? <laughs> it was just a Kanye was like, <laughs> and he did. And then the funny thing is, I think Doug Infinite was kind of shook because he didn't want to come out the car. <laughs> I mean, they have a history. That was his friend from childhood. And, and just the fact that Doug Infinite took it to that level, 
I think that really hurt Kanye. And then the part about, oh, yeah, well, it definitely oh, did. It did. Because especially on the song where he was like, he wouldn't be known if he didn't do a beat for Jay. So, yeah, you go you go and confront that man. And, and they had a civil conversation. The camera was there. And then they walked away. You see the camera, you know, zooming in on the conversation that they had. But to be taken to that level where you got to go on the radio and say something like you couldn't call that man and say hey, such, such. and he clarified that was too extra. It was extra. He clarified what what what, what he said for the magazine. They chose not to put that in there. Yeah, yeah, and you heard Doug Evans. He said, "I didn't want to be exed out of history." So, but um, going circling back just a little bit, it's funny because we all know the infamous drink champs interview. And what Kanye has said about Talib Kweli, right? But it's funny because in episode one, Kanye's hanging out with Blackstar, playing beats in the Mercedes Benz for, for Talib and Most Def. Um, when Kanye was struck, because Kanye had his heart set on being on Rockefeller. Why Rockefeller? I don't know. But even the, the, the president of Raucous Records, which was the record label that Kweli and, um, uh, and uh, Most Def were on at the time, he even told him, he was like, listen, man, you're not a Rockefeller type guy. You got to have a certain energy and a certain look to be Rockefeller. And, you know, Kweli was was advocating for Rock, Rockus to pick him up. At, at, so it's funny that he would throw shade at Talib and Talib did so much for him early on. I didn't on. like that. I didn't like that at all. And, and he was all cool. over quality. He was all over quality. I think that's a theme yeah. within the piece, though. As how like you've seen him evolve, like I know we're gonna talk about this later, but in the third episode where you saw him with when he was in the garden and they had Big Sean, all of, the whole of good music there, and then you see fast forward now four or five years later when he dissed all those guys, so it's just even when he dissed Cootie, like it's like yo this guy is bugging, you know what I mean? A lot of people helped him, and I hate the fact that we don't see no mention of Lupe in this. There's another. Chicago rapper. I was, I was looking for him. On. I was looking for him too. <laughs> I was looking for him. Yeah. You know, it's you could have talked about that, but it's okay. Like, shout out to Lupe. But I think it's a real big theme of the whole thing where you see how he came up and people who helped him, but it changed. And I guess that's something to read in between the lines that we can take because it wasn't straight up said, but Cootie was hurt. Like, you know. And he had a right to but be hurt. Facts. <laughs> yeah, for the fact that Kwali would stop his show. And let Kanye rap at his show, introduce him and to get him out there and to say, hey, you know, this is my man Kanye West. He got bars. You gave him an opportunity to rap. So it's like Kanye, look back at that footage. Kwali did nothing but support you. Exactly. So did most deaf. Yeah. Exactly. I was just about to talk about deaf too, because think about how legendary them rapping two words was in that clip that was in the Through the Wire video. I remember that as a kid in high school, like, yo, two words, that, 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 and going crazy. Should have been signed twice. And to sit there and, yeah, you get your success, but you kind of shun the people away who helped you get there. That's one thing I don't like, you know, but maybe yeah. he had to do that, you know? And most wanted to do a project with him. He would, like, uh, like, like when they were, when they finished up that session, most was like, yo, man, I want to do a, I want to do a project with you. What did they call it? Uh, most West or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Most West. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, that would have been crazy at that time if they did that, man. And Deaf Poetry. How do you think he you was, got it? How do you yep. think you got all Deaf Poetry? Most pulled him. Most pulled him. Exactly. I, I was I was really pissed when he when he took shots at Quali. I'm like, of all people, you took shots at is Quali. 
when like all that. he did was support you in your early days, including with most Def. Are you out your mind? I got a question for you guys, and I actually spoke to uh, um, T.O. about this off the air. That beat that he played for <laughs> Black Star. Oh, my Lord. Like Brooklyn Fighters. <laughs> I said, what are they going to do with that? Are they actually going to do something with that? What y'all think of that when y'all heard that beat? Because Quali and most off from Brooklyn. I wish they would have so used it. Worked. It would have worked for real. Word. I was too busy throwing off because I like yeah. Did we hit this beat already? <laughs> but but hey, it, it's it. But you know the thing is, it would have been different because this is different from Jay Z and Biggie because they mostly like hardcore rappers and these are backpack rappers. So it would have been interesting for the backpack rappers to try that specific beat. I would I would have liked to see it just to give it a test. And yeah, it would have been dope. It would have been to take over the backpack rappers for sure. And. Here's another interesting thing that that um I found interesting in episode one. So college dropout was supposed to sound much different than when it was actually released. Uh, as you saw, they saw they had the footage. Uh, Scarface was supposed to do the chorus on Jesus Walks, which had me sit down and think mm-hmm. like how different that song would have been if Face would have been on it. And yeah, and then uh, 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 when Kanye's talking about the album. Two words is supposed to be the lead single, not Jesus Walks. So it was just like the the whole marketing plan behind everything was just interesting to me. And Rhyme Fest was supposed to be on Jesus. Yeah, um, I'm about if to I may, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I actually have um the demo of his first album that didn't come out. Um, the workout plan also has a different chorus. I actually like the um the chorus that they didn't use way better than the one that they did use. Um, yeah, two words definitely was supposed to be um the single. It actually didn't wound up that way. They even um all falls down had um the uh, sample was a little bit different on the original. And if you heard um the little uh the biggie um sample before the ludicrous song, they didn't use that as well either. The original had that. There's a couple other joints on um the demo that uh, he didn't release. Or it got just kind of leaked out like within time. But um yeah, if, I felt like if the demo would have came out, it actually might have been more like a better of a, a hip hop album, but the fine tuning definitely put more uh, of the instrumental touch on it. And to even <laughs> piggyback off of what he's saying is like I remember downloading um what's the song? Through the wire, and he has a line in there where he says in the same hospital where Big and Tupac died. And then in the re-release version, he says where Biggie Smalls died. And you're, it kind of takes you back to those days when you were growing up and you was hearing it like, bro, this is fire. Like, right. you've ne- I never personally heard things. Like, I wasn't really into most and quality like that. You know, you knew about them from the little lunch lunch table <laughs> discussions where they talk about, say my name, say my name, quality. I hated that, hated it. But... You it's like, oh, whoa, 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 we got a problem. <laughs> oh, Tawasi, oh, we got a problem, the blast, man. The Blast is legendary, my brother. <laughs> but, but I get the yeah, my wife loves that song. I don't think oh, she no, liked that song. That's, that's the Blast, man. It's just that part you didn't like. You didn't like that part. It was only because I used to go to school and that's all you heard in school. Like, say my name, say my name, Quali. And it was such a smash. <laughs> and it's like, you know you're trying to... Yeah, you know what I mean? And I just, I like, I'm used to the gun busting, rapping, boom, boom, boom. So I hear you. Me not getting on tip with (laughs) Kwali and most at the time. Then you hear Kanye, who was pretty much, I wouldn't say he jacked their swag, but 
he's kind of talking swag like Cam and them, but in a more conscious light. And I was like, yo, that's so fire. You know what I mean? So it just took me back to those days where it just got me really excited that I could finally have somebody that I cheered for in hip hop that I kind of came up with. Yeah. And that was his intention to merge the, merge that bridge. You could be conscious and you could be commercial. You could be a Rockefeller rapper, but still talk about, you know, what's going on in the world. And and it, it was it was it was good that you have somebody like that. Kanye, Kanye, he was a hybrid at the time. Facts. <laughs> and and one constant theme throughout the series is is con- the relationship with Donda, his mom's. And um you know, his his mom is no secret. He's very close. And in episode two, she said something that made me just go like, wow, like maybe she knew Kanye wasn't all right in the head from the beginning. But she said something to the effect of the bigger he gets, the more he wants me around. And it just was like maybe so that so that like kind of like opens the door and shines a flashlight a little bit because maybe she knew that he couldn't handle fame or. He had some type of difficulty because even in episode one, he mentions, you know, not hearing from his father to all the way to go into episode three, which we'll touch on in a bit about finally speaking to his father after so long. So I don't know, like maybe maybe she knew from the beginning that, you know, Kanye wasn't wasn't all right upstairs. What what y'all think? Who knows you better than the one that has you? Yep, exactly. <laughs> she, she knows her son and she knows the ins and outs of her son. And what I loved about Donda is. Whatever he decided to do, she supported. If it was rap, hundred ten percent. And it just, it just, it just intrigued me when I looked at it. She knows the words to his stuff. Yo, she oh. was rapping along with him. She was saying it the same way, and, I, and they were flowing so good together. It's interesting looking at it now. You know, I mean, God bless her soul. Kanye probably would have had her on a record. I really thought he would have. He probably would have had her on a song, doing a verse and everything, because she was there for, for everything. So, I mean, to touch on what Candyman was saying, yeah, like, she knows her son. And to go along with the fame and everything coming together, Kanye needs that person to give him balance. And who better to give him balance than to pull him back down, back to earth, than his mama? She's the one that can keep him in check, keep keep reality going and let him know, hey, you're doing too much. Or, hey, be careful. She was his guardian angel. And she mentioned that in episode one. You need a guardian in angel. One. So that that that's that, that was her. And she said, what was that line about the giant that looks the in the giant, mirror? A oh. giant will look in the mirror. A giant will look in the mirror and never Not see a giant. See <laughs> yep. What a, what, a, what a phrase. Those things, yeah. you see the relationship they had and how grounded she really kept him, like QG said. It's like, even in episode three, when after he done fell out with Cootie and he was wilding, he came to that show and she keeps him grounded. She sees his true talent and his true purpose and what he's really passionate about. And she could just turn that switch on and be that caring mother and be Kanye, Kanye, how she even said Kanye. And mm-hmm. it's just, it was dope really seeing that on screen, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I agree. Um, I think the the biggest the biggest theme of episode two, though, one of the major points is the car accident, which you know, if you know Kanye West's story, the car accident prior to college dropout is a very is a very like you know it's it's a well publicized, well known thing, to the point that he even recorded uh, through the wire with his jaw shut. The thing that got me about episode two, though 
was the footage of the surgery. Yeah. That I found amazing. The fact that they would even let a cameraman in to to record the, the dental surgery that Kanye had to go through, which was pretty graphic, too. You see yeah. the dentist? Um, he was like, he's like, you got a camera in here? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so. And I feel like. But, but it's funny. To, go ahead. Go ahead, Tawazi. No, I feel like the true genius with that was the pivot. Because, you know, his album was supposed to drop, then the accident happened, and everything got messed up, and things got pushed back. But he saw the genius within himself, like, yo, let's tape this footage. You know what I mean? Me getting my jaw wired, and you see the actual access. You see him coming up with ideas on the fly, like, we could use this for the video. Boom, boom, boom. And it was just so, like, wow. Like, the pivot is where the real genius is. You know what I mean? He's constantly working. No matter where he is, he's thinking as he goes along, you know what? I could use this for a video because this actually mm -hmm. happened. The name of the song is called Through the Wire. I'm rapping through the wire. So it mm -hmm. goes together. Kanye, like, I mean, genius is just scratching the surface. He, he, he had a vision. <laughs> and, and it just came together with that, with that Through the Wire. And like Candyman and Tawazi touched on, that was brutal. That accident was horrible. His face, what happened to him, the pain he must have been in. Jesus, it was, it was hard. Even the part he, when he was he like, yo, he said, my face not going to, like, remember when they said his face swole and they, they couldn't touch the nerve and his face had to kind of be like that for mm -hmm. the rest of his life. And he's like, man, I'm an entertainer. Like, you got to fix this. But some people would let that break them and stop them. But he's like, nah, well. If this how it's gonna be, let me just work with it and kind of push through and get to my next my next step, my next. You level. know, and that's the thing I had to respect about him in the earlier days. He never gave up. He never let anything get in his way. He don't care if it was a severe car accident. Oh, I can't say severe. If it was a car accident, he still wanted to continue. But this goes to show you how much of an artist he is. Because what did he say? If you knew how my face felt, you would know how Mace felt. Mace felt. <laughs> Ooh. Yep. As funny as it is, that. the way, like, as funny as it is, the way that he could put it together so you can envision what he's talking about, you know? So it, it's like, wow, creative, so creative. You're taking a negative, you're taking a handicap, and you're making it work for you. And he touched on that. I'm going to take all these insecurities and all these negatives and make it a positive. Mm -hmm. And can we talk about my favorite part about episode two real quick? Just real, real quick. Which one? Sure. The part when he raps for Pharrell. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yo, yeah, he so was Pharrell, had to leave. Pharrell had to leave. <laughs> and we've seen that footage in the video. I've seen him walking off a billion times into the wire. But to see the actual full clip within its context, like, he was bum-rushing people's studio sessions, just saying, yo, like, we cool. Let me just highlight you for 10 minutes. And to see him actually rap it for Pharrell, and Pharrell sees it, like, Bro, and Pharrell was a heavyweight at the time, heavyweight. And to know what Kanye would become and people who actually accepted him, like, nah, you fire, bro. Like, keep doing it. And to hear, like, them cultivating somebody who they knew was going to be a star. Everybody knew. <laughs> and that just shows you how hungry he was. And because he had, to, he had to ask for studio time. Rockefeller didn't even mm -hmm. give him the budget to even record. So he no. called in favors. Please let me do this. Let me go here. Let me go there. He was determined to get that album finished by any means necessary. And whoever was there, he let them know, hey, this is serious business. 
the same studio session you mentioned, Ludacris was there to work on Breathe In, Breathe Out. And I have a bone to pick with Luda because I wanted a verse on that song. He just did the hook. <laughs> and even there, you know what I'm saying? He had, he had to let them know. And Pharrell was like, yo, you, you are incredible. And he gave him great sound advice. He said, no matter what, stay hungry because that's going to keep you going. Never, ever, never, ever be content. Keep that passion, keep that hunger. And to rewind back, when Tawazi brought out two words, you guys notice the difference between when most Def was rapping and how Kanye was rapping it? Mm-hmm. Kanye stood up and he was he was performing. Hungry. My man was passionate <laughs> about it. So everything he does, he does with passion. So that's what separates mm-hmm. him from a lot of people. Still got a problem with that last line or two words, though, but that's, that's next time. <laughs> 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 so I'm still fired though. So, yeah, yeah, you know, you know it is. It's yeah, but, but, but the but, song is still fired though. I fuck with two words. Shout out to Freeway too. The most yeah, Freeway. Exactly. I was expecting to see Freeway, but yeah, he was on that song too. The most revealing thing to me in episode two is the fact that Rockefeller was about to drop Kanye after the car accident, which I didn't I wasn't aware of previously. Because like you said, he was worried about his how uh, he was gonna look physically and they was worried about it too, to the point where they 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 were going to shelve college dropout and not put it out. They didn't take a producer slash rapper serious. Kanye hated to be called a producer slash rapper, and he went in there. He was on the song with Jay Z, the bounce on Blueprint Two, and Jay Z's helping him rap. They didn't take him serious as a rapper, even though he had bars. They just didn't see it. They they just didn't envision that. They just wanted beats and everything. He's going up to Dame Dash apartment. He's rapping for him and Biggs. It's like, what more do you got to do to show and prove, hey, I'm nice. I got these raps. I got these bars. He said it himself. I made beats so I could rap over them. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of jump bu- off of what they, you said. They was too busy oh. trying to have a one-two punch with Kanye and Just Blaze as their main producers. As if ahead, like, it's like they Damon CJ. Nah, to piggyback off of what you were saying, it's like, imagine, like, you know, y'all, everybody grew up in New York. So you know you've been on a train, somebody comes up to you, yo, let me rap for you, yo, buy my CD, let me rap for you. Imagine how many oh, people came through Rockefeller. Yeah, <laughs> imagine how many people came through Rockefeller and wanted to rap just how Kanye was doing it. And we all know it's mad people with bars out there, but nobody really has that effort and that grind to say, you know what? You're going to hear me rap, and you're going to hear me rap until you get sick of me rapping to the point where you say, all right, forget it. We just got to give you a chance just because. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that type of way you knock at, a, at an iceberg or a diamond or something. Like, the way diamonds are formed is by applying pressure, and that's what he did to the label. You know? He ain't going to rant and say, oh, nah, they ain't doing this and, for me. Uh-uh-uh, and just give up. He, he, he kept applying pressure the pressure. On. He had to. And it's funny because he was drawing interest. Like I said, he drew interest from Raucous. I mean, he didn't sign because you know the higher ups didn't didn't believe in him. He had a, he had interest from a uh, Capitol Records, but yeah, they, I think even if somebody from one of those, yeah, I think even if one of those other labels would have would have offered him a deal, he would have turned it down because he really wanted to be on Rockefeller. Yeah, because he has a question. Documentary. He mostly produced. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna ask you guys as the rap aficionados, right? Do you feel like if Bad Boy was still a major player by 2000, 2001, 2002, because it's fair to say, like, they weren't major players anymore after, like, Shine was gone. Did that say, uh, uh, matter of fact, 
G-Dep. I want to say after G-Dep, they really weren't in the game anymore. It was the Diddy show. Do you feel like if Bad Boy was around, he would have been shopping to Bad Boy? Absolutely. I'm they might have even taken him. They might have taken him. He's a franchise-changing artist. And let's not forget, yeah. he was also under D. Angeletti. Mm-hmm. And who else could relate Eddie to him as a, as a you know producer slash uh, uh, entertainer but Puffy, you know? Yeah, true that, true that, true that. Not to, not to, Mace probably could have vouched for him, too. I mean, he, oh, yeah. I mean, he did produce You Made Me for the Harlem world. And, and that's the thing with Kanye And Mace West. was on Jesus Walks Remix. Yep. Yes, he was. And we need to touch on this. Kanye was a ghost producer. Allegedly, he did work oh, yeah. for D-Dot Angeletti that Angeletti got credit for, but yes, Kanye sir. was the one who produced it. Mm. So Bad Boy, Bad Boy would have scooped him up. You think his career would have panned out the same way if he didn't have The Rock? Because I feel like The Rock was that perfect fit for him. They were, because they let him be him. They let him go. <laughs> like, like Puffy, Puffy is, 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 is a guy that likes to be in control, even though, you know, it's his artist and he'll let them do their thing. He still has to give them some form of direction. You can't tame Kanye. Kanye is a raging bull. You got to let that guy go. You got to trust his process. I, I don't know. I think Puffy, even though Puffy was there for some of his work, like you guys saw in the documentary, he yeah. was there in the studio with him. He met his mother. He, you know, he probably was sitting there like, damn, imagine if I had this guy on my team. You know what I mean? So yep. it could have <laughs> went that route, man, if, 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 if Bad Boy was still a thing. And it's funny you guys mentioned Sean, because what did he say? He said he was in a studio session with Lil' Kim, and he found out Sean needed a beat for his uh, second album, Godfather Buried Alive, the song more or less, the dude ran mad blocks to get to that studio. He sure did. To another because he was in the city. Great song too. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. more or less. I remember more or less. That was he fire. He produced it. Yeah, he produced. He produced. I like the raw Kim. version. Yeah, the raw version is fire. He produced. I came back for you for Lil Kim, and he did more or less for Sean in the same day. That was crazy. Wow. T.O., you think he would have worked out <laughs> in a shiny suit? No. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> hell Kanye to the no. shiny suit dancing around? <laughs> hell no. <laughs> Let's not talk about that era of bad boy. I can understand the 2002 <laughs> era. I'm trolling. I'm trolling because I know T.O. hates the shiny suit. He probably could have been, <laughs> right been in the Phil no, video. He could have been in the Phil So video dancing with Chris Tucker and Mason and all the rest of them. He could have been there. <laughs> Chris Tucker gets a pass. He, he, that, that was for the that was, that was for money talks. <laughs> how about how about that uh that that uh that Grammy win that he got in the speech for college dropout? They focused on that in episode two as well. He's been practicing that speech for years. You know what the thing about that Grammy is? When when I look at Kanye West, that was it, it was not just a Grammy for him, but look at how Chicago has come far because Yes. You had acts as common, the crucial conflicts, the twisters, and they weren't really getting notified. They were notified, but they weren't getting much like the, the the eyes of attention on them as well as far as Chicago goes. Like, yeah, you got Ludacris and DeBrat, but what's fucked up about those two is I, I love them dearly. But when you incorporate like to the Atlanta sound, you're stuck with Atlanta and people forget well, that you're uh, from uh, Chicago. But but no, no, well, well, I'm not saying Common had success. No, that gold. Success. He gold. went gold. He that's, went that's gold. 
It took a long time to get that notification, even though DeBrat did go platinum. But was popular. Yeah, but Wait. even though that took a long time, but still, Common's momentum messed up with the Electric Circus. So Chicago needed something like a revamp. Now, and let's not and and let's and let's go with this. You needed you needed a combination. You need a dope producer and a dope rapper. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that Kanye came from Chicago and he's a dope producer and a dope rapper, it was gonna work. That's why he was so confident. You had all these acts like Crucial Conflict, you had all these different groups to come out of there, all these different artists to come out of there, and Common went gold, great. But in order to make a mark, you have to do way, way much more than that. And Kanye had that star power. He had that, uh, I, uh, what's that saying? You keep the gas on the pedal? He damn sure did. And it, and it worked out because as great as Common is, you needed a Kanye to come out there. because, And that's the thing. That's what I love about Chicago. Look how many people were backing him up. Look how many people were pushing for him and rooting for him. It was the underdog story. And when he made it, it's like the entire Chicago made it. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. even though we touched on like water, uh, like chocolate, look what happened to B now. You see how B started getting recognized like after Kanye. Kanye helped put Chicago back on the map. Even though Common and Twister are doing it, but Kanye elevated it more. Now it's the main street success for Chicago. And I, that's why I always say big up to Kanye. And he helped Chicago back on the map. I'm not saying Common didn't, nor Twister. They did. But this was this was more of a new level now. You need a commercial. So can I ask y'all a question? Not, this is kind of like on the yep. topic, but on the topic, off the topic. But me personally, I had heard of Twister before Kanye, but Slow Jams was really my first real introduction into Twista. So would y'all say that Kanye kind of put Twista on the map? Or Because I know y'all know way more than I do. Cause, but would you say Kanye really revitalized Chicago and really like put people on the map like Twista? Sort of. Because... He introduced a new audience. I, I wouldn't Twista. say... Yeah. I wouldn't say put Twista on the map, but I, I, I feel like Kanye... Like, yeah, Chicago had the rap scene, but Kanye did a lot for Chicago by 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 his success. But the other thing is, you know, Kanye picked up that that a little New York swag from being on the rock. Yep. So he had his own way of doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and he, it's crazy. Sure no, no, no. I, I, and, and I might I may get some heat for this, but I think until Chief Keith came around, because, you know, Chief Keith was instantly oh, popular. Oh, with, oh, oh, here we go. Chief here Keith, we go. Oh, who? <laughs> who you, you, you can't say who because, because "Don't Like" was was a, was a, was a mega mainstream song, bro. And, and the track but, was um, perfect because I don't. I like feel like it. Kanye. <laughs> oh I feel like Kanye he opened doors for Chicago that wasn't previously there before. You know what I mean? And he gave out so. pairs of shoes because he made it. Now I'm gonna help my people from Chicago. And what did what did what did we talk about? I'm going to produce for Common. I'm going to produce for Twister. I'm going to produce for all these different people. I'm going to produce for Lupe. I love Chicago, and I want to see my people from Chicago eat. And I'm in a position where I can feed them. Because Connor's dropout did what? Four million? 
Mm-hmm. It's the most yep. they ever had. It's the most they ever had. So now, four million people who bought it. Okay, Kanye's gonna do this with this artist. Let me check this out. Oh, this is dope. And that's when you got overnight celebrity. Crossover commercial appeal that Twister did not have. As great as Twister is, and Adrenaline Rush is a great album, it was time to incorporate the commercial appeal. And Twister was down with Rockefeller. He wasn't signed, but he was an affiliate. And and that's why I yeah. said he helped revamp Chicago because following slow jams, up comes overnight celebrity. Yep. Mm-hmm. And boy, was that a hit. It was. And DeBrat was in the video, too. Shout out to DeBrat. But you know that shit. She was in the, uh, what was that other video after that? Uh, so Sexy, she was the bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> and then how about this? Uh, now, this is where the, 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 do- the documentary gets, like, what I like to call a little scatterbrain, because... Mm. Like I said, Cootie, Cootie would show up, meet up with Kanye, and just follow him everywhere. But now... As as we get toward the end of episode two, like you know, Kanye starts to distance himself from Cootie to the point where I even had to write this down. Cootie even says to the and again, like we we established from episode one that this is just as much Cootie's story as it is Kanye's. But Cootie says, and I quote, "I guess things change when you get famous." So he's right. He's right. So as now 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 the footage because if, again, anybody who knows Kanye's story, late registration comes after college dropout, but. Cootie was starting to come around less and less. Um, it would be it would be times where Kanye would go on tour and wouldn't even tell Cootie. So, you know, again, Cootie Cootie's presence with the camera starts to fall off. So, like in the beginning, of episode one, it feels like every moment is documented along the journey. You can Towards go further the middle back to the end of episode two. Now, what's that? No, I'm saying you can you can even go further back with that because Cootie you know, help direct Kanye's earlier work. Who did Kanye want for the Jesus Walks video? Hype Williams. <laughs> that, that's how it starts. You see? So, and, and then again, with, with, with what you were saying about the fame, now Rockefeller sees how real it is. Oh, you don't, you don't need to deal with that guy. We could get you this. We could get you bigger production. We could get you more than what you started with. And you know Kanye wants more. So if you're going to give it to him, he's going to take it. But was he really wrong for that? No, I don't want to say he was wrong because he was so hungry and passionate of getting to that level and now he has it. So he did the right thing, taking advantage of it. It wasn't, it was business. It wasn't personal. And that's, and that's the thing that is hard with the industry. The line between business and personal. Because Kanye could have been like, nah, you know what? I want I want my man Cootie to do this. He could have. But he he knows if I want to get here, let me take these resources that they're offering because they didn't offer it to me before. Now they see I'm hot. They want to give me everything, so I'm going to take it. And especially when they mentioned Hype Williams. You know, Hype Williams was everywhere from he was, God he was knows serious when. About that. He was serious about having Hype do it. And, 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 and another thing that to piggyback off Al when he said how he distanced, remember what Cootie said? I don't know if it was in episode two or maybe beginning of episode three. I could be wrong. He was like, he never thought he would hear Kanye ever say this for the first time. Don't film this. Yeah, that was three. Yeah. That was three. That was three? Okay. That was three. Yeah. Um, and it's funny you mentioned that because in episode three, so this is around out of time 
uh, Donda passes away. And, you know, to, to that effect, Kanye also, at one point, during the process of 808s and Heartbreaks, he tells Cootie, stop filming, and Cootie doesn't film for another six years. Mm-mm. Yep. And I find it and I find it interesting because and and now now again me and Tawazi as filmmaker people documentary heads I find it interesting Tawazi that is Cootie is up to Cootie's narration to fill in the pieces of the story that he doesn't have footage for am I wrong mm-hmm. or am I right You're right absolutely right yeah, You're right about that I agree Like I found it phenomenal I found it phenomenal as a filmmaker because from the early days, episodes one and two, he has so much B-roll and archive footage. And then, you know, to the point where he doesn't film for six years but keeps the story going, he just had to narrate to fill in the holes, which I thought was pretty interesting. I but, found it yeah. interesting to the point where, because you got to look at the perspective of how he's telling it. And we know Kanye, like everybody has their own opinion of the things that he does and the controversy he creates. But at the same time now, it's like, yeah, he said, yo, stuff hurt him. Like you could see in that scene where it was the Grammy party we had on a purple suit and it was fire, by the way. <laughs> but he said, like, he was straight, yo, Chike, this is my man, Chike. And you can yeah. see yeah. Cootie getting <laughs> he emotional and upset. Up, I'm like, and drunk and as Cootie, hell. To the point, it's tears in his eyes, but he did it on purpose. Like he put it together, like, yeah. nah, this is my man Cootie. Boom, boom, boom. He was messing with him. And he says a line in there where he says, Yo, I have to act now. To be famous, to keep this up, I have to play a role. Right. And something that's been real with me with Kanye is that is he real or he's just doing this for the fame? You know what I mean? He was like and that, that, that was just that blurred. was just an active role, and now you're gonna see the real Kanye. Exactly. But it's just shout outs to Cootie for this because it's just like he put it together in a certain kind of way where it's like you telling this story, especially after episode two, is like, how are they gonna cover? Because it's fair to say episode two finished in 05, right? Like let's say it finished in 05. Yes. He had a whole nother 15, I mean 15, 20 years to talk about, and he covered it in one episode. And it's just like with lack of footage and just stitching everything with the antics, what we know and he shows his story. I think Cootie is the star of this documentary. Not Kanye. It's Cootie. <laughs> this is Cootie's story told and, through Kanye. And, and before we move, Rev, I know you want to speak, but I just want to make one point real quick. Um, Tawazi, in, in the documentary classes that we took together, we were always taught that your B-roll footage was like everything. So the fact that he, he was able to tell the story with no footage is like crazy to me. Nope, man. Actually, actually, Rev, Rev, I want to ask you a question, Rev, so you can chime in on this because you, you know, you record and you understand this. You guys saw, yep. you guys saw that even though Connor's dropout was out and he's touring and everything like that, what is he doing? He's working on late registration, so you can't even enjoy the success of that album. You got to stay in the studio and stay hot and stay working. So, so Rev. Tell everybody how important is it to do that, especially of a person of a character of Kanye. Yeah, coming off a of W like his um, debut album is hard to just stay there and be content and, and kind of like bask in the glory because there's more work to do. And, you know, you're you're quickly forgotten. You know, everyone's always like, oh, OK, what is he doing now? What's next and everything? So he wanted to stay on point and do that. And he's been super consistent and, and definitely has brought um great music and you know everything his his evolution from the beginning to to now and we got to see a glimpse of that when he was working on the yeezus album and um 
I don't think they really had too much other footage of the Donda event, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, through years time, we'll probably get maybe a part four of this and a five or something. But Kanye is super consistent and it is hard to to go back to the studio and not replicate, but try to outdo yourself. And he, he had a good span of three albums where he did that with um with a graduation topping it off after late registration. And it, it's not easy because it is a lot of pressure. And sometimes um, mentally you may not even be there artist wise and be in like the mindset to, to write or, or talk about what it is that, you know, you're sharing with the people where, you know, he was talking about his upbringing with his mom or, or just on some metaphors and punchlines. And sometimes artistically you get burned out. And I feel like we saw that a little um, towards the end, especially with the mental health issues. And what was crazy to me is like, he, he's, switched his whole accent like he wasn't even sounding the way he did yeah. in the first episode <laughs> totally in the third one Very yeah different. that was totally boggling different. to me yeah and, and you know what i'm glad you brought that up and Tawazi, you and i we've had this conversation yeah thriller how do you top thriller so now kanye michael jackson same wavelength as far as how do you top your predecessor kanye has to top college dropout Mike had to top Thriller. The pressure is on. How do you do it? What do you do? What direction do you go? That's exactly what happened. And Late Registration is my favorite Kanye album till this day. And uh, <laughs> I've said that because, because College Dropout, I love it, but the, too many skits for me, man. <laughs> too many skits. Just give me some music. Late Registration was just straight up music. And, you know, mm -hmm. just imagine what was going through Kanye's mind okay, what do I do here? How do I top 4 million sales? And he won a Grammy for late registration. So that goes to show you. And it's also pressure from the label. Okay, you topped it. Can you do it again? Can you do it again? Can you keep doing it? That's the challenge that you got to face and still go on tour and still do media appearances and still sign autographs and still do all and produce for other artists while you're doing it. The pressure is on. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Cootie also says this in in episode three, around the time that, you know, he falls out with Kanye, he doesn't film for six years. He even says it like, uh, you know, I didn't know his mental health was affected this bad. And that's been a theme of Kanye lately. And, you know, so much happened in that six years that he didn't film. You know, he he marries Kim Kardashian. Um 808's Heartbreak Drives My Dark Twisted Fantasy. What was that? Oh, I said North oh, was I born. Thought, yeah, North was born. Um, so, you know, a lot, a lot of this happens. And, you know, also, Kanye speaking to his father also, I feel, was, was a pivotal scene. Um, QG, you and I actually had a conversation a couple of days ago about that. Talk to, talk to us about that scene real quick. I felt I thought it was very important that he had that he uh, connected again with his father because family is very important to Kanye. Family is very very important, and he just lost the most important person in his life. He needed someone directly to conversate with, and you know that's the thing with this documentary. You see that his mother was indeed his best friend. She's gone. So who do you have? Who do you have left that could that could that could, you know, you could reach out to 
and you know he was in Japan or China. He was he was overseas and he was on FaceTime with his father. And you know he showed Cootie, hey, you know, you know, I'm talking, hey, this is my pops. I'm talking with my pops. So it's like, wow, you know, what I mean, I I I felt it was therapeutic for him to have that and to reconnect with his father. And you know, you know, at the end of the day, still your father. And it, it was just it was just something that he needed. He needed that, you know. So I thought that was really cool to see that because a lot of times you don't hear about the fathers. And when it comes to hip hop, you know, you hear, you know, single mother, single household. You don't really hear too much about fathers. It's like a narrative. So to see this Ooh. in the documentary, it was very important to let people know, hey, you know, even though these situations happen, there's still some fathers out there in these guys lives. I think it was pretty dope seeing his pops in it and him talking to his pops. But at the same time, like, I think this was the overall theme of episode three. And y'all could tell me if I disagree or not. But episode three to me was very uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> it was. It was very <laughs> uncomfortable. And I love that Cootie told that part of the story as far as like, because, you know, in today's day and age, we don't like uncomfort. We love a happy ending. We love, oh, yeah, well, he's doing better now. Da, 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 da. But he actually took a deep dive and started showing scenes where this man has suffering from some mental, like when he was having the, the conversation with the white guys. Oh, in the that. DR. In the yeah. D- right. And you right. see him like just Republic. talking, like let's say he's talking about the Knicks and he just goes off on a tangent where he's like, yeah, they held me down for these years in like the next sentence. And you see him turn and to see like, okay, this man has a problem. And every time Cootie sees him having an episode, he stops recording. And yep. to know like Word. that's this particular storyline. And it was so, it was uncomfortable to the point where it's like, wait, I don't want to watch this, but you have to watch it to see it. And you feel it, you know? And he's, and at the same time, he wanted that's to That's a great him. take on it. He wanted to protect him because the media was doing it enough as it is. Oh yeah. Kanye, you know, Kanye, you know, he's like, hey, listen, even though this is, this is, this is, my, this is what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a journalist. This is still my friend, and I, yep. and, and 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 I want him to be okay because I was there throughout all of it. I know what he's going through. I know that he's suffering to the point where, after you know, Miss Donda passed away, a week later he kept working. Kept working. He kept going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And I'm like, oh man, like, you know, so he knows Kanye, and. To the point where he saw that Kanye was breaking down and he was so lost in it, he had to cut the camera off. Yep. He had to cut the camera off because now this is where the line is drawn. This is where, hey, this is my friend and I want him to be okay. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have this footage out here of him going like this because everybody already thinks that way. I understand him. I know what he's going through. So let me so let me chill and let me just capture his creativity. Let me just capture his art, his passion for the music and, 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 and to do things different. I don't want to, I don't want to capture him like this. Mm-hmm. So that's very, very important. And I'm very, I'm happy that Cody did do that. And it was rare times. Like he said, he felt uncomfortable. And, and that's a first for like, Cody is like, damn, this is not the Kanye I've known before. Right. But, but I, and I felt like, and, and I think a lot of people have said this even before this document ever came out. He, of course, he was not going to be the same once Donda passed away. 
Mm-hmm. It was right there. That's what did it. And everybody knew. Everybody knew. Everybody and, knew like, once because said this years. Exactly, Tawazi. Exactly. Because when when Donda passed, it people were really worried about Kanye because again, she was that that's that's mama bear. No matter what. That's mama bear right there. That was his best friend. That was his best friend. She the one that gave him advice. She the one that had to, you know, put him in check. Not not like harshly, but you know, just to comfort him and just to like Slow down, slow down, and pick it right back up. Just wasn't she? Wasn't she his manager too? Yep, that's when it became. And, and she even said it. She was like, you know, I, I'm. This is not really a parent thing. This is, you know, I'm just being a manager now. Mm-hmm. And this is all in New York too. We've seen in the, the music history of like parents who manage their children and how it breaks. It goes not to say it gets ugly, but it breaks down and like you know. Is that blurred line between parent and manager, but they didn't have that blurred line. Like, yeah, she understood it was business, but it was in her best interest to look at the son because he trusted her. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that was in inner circle. So when you see the loss of her, and I vividly remember as I'm watching it with my fiance, we're watching the show, and they I told her before they said it, I said, This happened in November of like 07. And I remember I was driving to York. To go to school that day and I heard it on the radio and it's like, wow, his mom passed. And then, like you said, QG, a week later, he was on tour. And he brings yeah. out 808s. He brings out um, um, all these albums and he's working, he's working. He never took the time to properly grieve. And we've known this as people, but the media now, they spin it. Oh, no, he's such a dickhead. He's this, he's that. And it's sad to, and it, I'm, I'm happy that Cootie actually caught this footage and put it in there as uncomfortable as it is. It shows you, like, this is a regular day. He's doing this. It's not about the cameras. It's not about, pers- like, making it seem like he has mental health issues or making a joke of it. This man really has problems, and he's really suffering for all these years. You know something? Let me ask you guys a question. I'll, I'll, I'll go around. Knowing what we know now, as far as Kanye West mental health issues, we all know about his rants. You could bring up the Taylor Swift thing. You could bring up anything, his his rants about Jay Z, Beyonce, whatever. All, all the stuff that's been documented. How mm. do you guys view that stuff now? Let's go around. Who 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 wants to answer that question first? <laughs> knowing everything that we know that he's done in the media, all the comments, all the stuff that he said, but now knowing about the mental health part, how do you guys feel about that now? I don't judge that? him personally. I go, mean, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm saying I don't judge him personally. I mean, I feel like people could say what they want about others, you know, and not really understand what's going on behind um the closed doors and therefore walls. And it's just human nature just to respond to him like, oh, that's crazy, or or like Obama when you know he called him a jackass and stuff. I don't think Obama meant it like personally. I mean, I don't know, but I could just speak from my experience, just seeing like. You know, like someone you might have thought that uh, had it all figured out, but they're dealing with like a lot behind closed doors. It kind of it makes you feel bad if you've uh, like criticized this person. And, you know, when these things do come out, you have a little more like sympathy and understanding and stuff. But um, as far as he goes, you know, he's on a public platform, so it's easy to throw shots at him and make memes and jokes and, you know, the whole South Park thing. And, you know, he, he's been, uh, Kanye's been all right through it. I mean, you know, he'll respond sometimes, but, uh, 
even with his tirades with the uh, paparazzi and everything, you know, he I feel like he's done well. But it just makes it just adds on to the legacy that he's leaving behind and and just makes him who's him. And, you know, God forbid something happens to him self-inflicted one day. And, you know, then a million percent you could attribute the media and everybody, you know, saying mean things. But, you know, after I seen like all them struggles he had and, you know, the Percocet, um, you know, he was um, addicted to that addiction. You know, I've kind of just just now let him be him. I'm not so hard on my critiques because I understand it's it's coming from a place of hurt, you know, especially losing his moms and stuff. So I've lightened up. I ain't gonna lie. Right, right. Um, Tawasi, what do you think? I this is gonna be a little weird because I am I fancy myself to be a huge Kanye fan. Huge. My favorite Kanye album is my dark twisted, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Favorite ever and college dropout number two. But with all that being said, over the past, let's say, since the Taylor Swift incident, because you know the stuff about Bush and all the yeah. other kind of crazy stuff he used to do wilding out, it was yeah. real and I felt it. Now, after Taylor Swift, prior to, like after Dark Twisted Fantasy, let's go from Yeezus to now. I feel like everything he's done, prior to watching this documentary, I feel like everything he's done has been for attention. That was my take before watching this. After watching this, believe, and I'll tell y'all why. Do I believe he's suffering from a mental illness? Yes, I do. Straight up seen that. But I don't know if y'all remember the scene. Remember the scene when he had on the orange hoodie in the car and he was watching the guy talk about yes, on YouTube. his presidential yes. speech? Yes. And he sat down and he tells everybody, yo, shut up, shut up. I want to hear what this guy says. Everybody's like, no, he's talking negative about you, man. This and that. And then the guy got what he was trying to say. So in that moment when he looks crazy, breaking down, which is it might be true feelings that he's experiencing. It's all uh, a plan. It's all a plan devised, like how he worked through getting his broad jaw. I mean, his jaw broke how he worked through all that, his face changing, every setback that he's had. This is just another setback, but he's learning a way to work it and make himself look more of a genius than ever. Everything is by design. Nothing is by accident with this guy. But right. it just, like, it makes me think, like, all of this stuff, is it real? Like, with the things we talk about with mental health nowadays, remember back in the days how it was perceived, oh, he has a shrink, how it was such this negative connotation on mental health. And to right. see where we're at now with the sensitivity, like this man had a breakdown on a concert and said, the show's over. I'm walking out. Mm-hmm. That's a dick move. And yes, with the stuff that we know now, it's like, well, he was going through something. But I think he's going through something. But guess what? It's a plan. <laughs> and he's that genius that could take a yellow paper, I mean, a yellow, um, a yellow notepad and write something on it. And it goes viral everywhere to where you're seeing his image everywhere it's not about the music anymore <laughs> it's about the things he does and he's 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 calculative and he's dare i say the cerebral assassin of the rap game <laughs> <laughs> to you, what do you think yeah and 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 that's a, and that's the thing that kind of bothers me about kanye it's like this is a man that we once crowned as a successful producer then turn it into a successful rapper as well as still producing but now these days I feel like his legacy, his legacy still lives as far as music wise, but his legacy is now more appointed as just controversial and a attention seeker. 
Like, we saw that first with the whole George Bush thing, but they kind of let that go, even though they was getting on him about it for, like, at least a good few months. And then they let that go. But then once Taylor Swift incident came, that's when it really started going a little downhill for that. Um, I wasn't mad at that. <laughs> I, I understand because I that that time we were all wondering like how the hell does this lady got all these v, all these fans? But I you laughed. Never, I said, "What are you, you milk doing?" That right? shit. You you never know. <laughs> hey man, you never know, man. There are some secret fans overseas. They just don't promote it for to us, unfortunately. But um, I I mean the mental health thing is real. But then there was one thing that kind of kind of caught me off guard when it came to Kanye and and this is where I get <laughs> not laugh but it's like religion especially with the whole Jesus thing this is the man who had Jesus on his back Jesus is the way this is this no matter where I go I got God with me I'm humble God is going to humble me and then all the way to this whole Jesus better than all this Jesus thing and then I am God and all that stuff. Then that's when I kind of got like, what, what, who is Kanye West now? Like, who, who he really is? Who is he? Do you think he got lost in the character? I got lost in. I I think he got lost in the character. And I and, and yes, I can understand about the mental health, but then it just like he got way too lost, especially with the whole, and I was, and I'm surprised they didn't talk about this because I was upset when he won Best Gospel Album. Because he's always evolving. He's always changing. He's <laughs> always creating a different character. I, so that's what, I, that's I, what I, it I, is with Kanye. I just couldn't take it because it's like, I understand he tried, but I felt like that was a disrespect to all the, I'm not, a, I'm not much of a gospel fan, but to the Tasha Cobbs and shoot, even veterans like Hezekiah Walker or Donnie McClurk in them, for Kanye West of all people to get that? You gotta you gotta look at it in, in this way. Look at the beehives for Beyonce. Kanye West got these fans that will just go with anything that he does and support anything that he does. So he could just he could have came out with a classical album. I, I bet you he would have got for best classical. First of all, I would have been interested to hear this. A He's classical album. I want to hear this. What's can up? Can I chime in and ask a question? All right, bet. So you felt it was a disrespect to the traditional gospel artists. And there, I've had many debates with people that say it's disrespectful. But then you have people like Whitney who could sing gospel music and nobody has a problem with it because Whitney has that church background, right? Okay. We have other artists like... Kelly, Tori Kelly came out as a pop artist, but then she pivoted and did a gospel album. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't respect her gospel album because I looked at it the same way how you looked at it. Kanye's gospel album, like, it's a disrespect to traditional people out there grinding. But then it's another thing, like, the man, I mean, even outside of Jesus Walks, because we know Jesus Walks isn't kind of like the gospel song. And we could debate about if Jesus Walks was supposed to be like what it was. But then look at the skits where he has... One glad morning. Right. right. This, like he's been preaching and he's been had that gospel element within his music. You know what yeah, I mean? The Harlem Boys Choir on two words. Exactly. That's why it's like he's had Point. it there. So now you spin it now to 2017 or whenever that album came out. And it's like, no, now, and everybody in here can tell me. If you could tell me Sunday service, the stuff he did was trash. 
then you could take everything away and say he's doing it just for the hype. But a man so, so said, Sunday like, service was amazing. I don't know. Sunday service was amazing, bro. Fire. So oh why God. can't he have a gospel album if he putting out son? And you see him creating, you see him feeling the gospel, you see him feeling it. And it's not how Pete, and I think that's a major thing about him that I love about him because people try to box him in and tell him that he can't do something, but he's like, nah, I could do it. I could make a gospel album. You ain't got the answers to Wazi. You ain't got the answers to Wazi. I never I mean, the whole thing with the box thing, that's why he, that's why he said that this way. So it's kind of interesting, Tawazi said that. <laughs> you ain't got the answer, Swing. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, but I understand Tawazi's point. But then, but then later on, he gets really ridiculous with religion. It's, it's like, it's like his visuals become. Did you a guys lot of people... see? Did you guys see the Bible excerpts in the studio? I saw that. He was yeah. surrounded by it. But you know the thing is, but you thought another thing is, and 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 I think Cootie also said this in the documentary. He Kanye has been crying for help. Yes, crying for a long time. Wait, I I, I want to ask Rev a question. Yeah, yeah, I want to ask I want to ask Rev a question. Rev, as as a reverend yourself and 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 an efficient. Were you or did you did you ever get yeah. offended by 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 Kanye and 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 the religion image uh, imagery? Not at all. I mean, you know, now in 2022, we're way more free spirited. And even me being a reverend, you know, I don't have to dress, you know, with the whole get up and outfit. You know, I do weddings, I do um, things like that. If I need to um, do funerals or or. Uh, if I have to speak public places about religion and spirituality, I do that. But as far as um me uh, looking at him any kind of way or anyone else who, you know, uses their free speech, personally, I don't I don't take that any kind of way because, you know, everyone has their opinions. And personally, I'm not here to to try and change anybody's views on God or, or religion or or the devil or spirituality, anything like that. They speak a lot. Of, of satanic rituals and all types of stuff especially in um today's music so i can't look Ugh. at kanye in any kind of way i kind of look at it more so for its entertainment um if, if he's inflicting this on his children now and they're doing um crazy rituals or or anything yeah, obscene in their young age then you know that's a different story but him himself mm. what he does i just kind of look at it as just entertainment and let me point out, let me ask you guys something, because this is not the first time we've seen this. It may be outside of what we're used to of that degree, but DMX has given it up to God plenty of times. Mace became a pastor. MC Hammer got into that. So what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I, feel, I feel like with Kanye, it was a... Go, go, ahead, go ahead, Alfred. I feel, I, feel, I feel like with Kanye, it was a bit more extreme, so to speak. I agree. Like, I feel I feel like with the with the with the mental struggles he had, I guess he like used he looked at religion as a crutch. Like granted, everybody's got their struggles, but Kanye's was far worse than DMX. Like and DMX's struggles were drug related. Kanye's struggles were 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 mental were, were mental health issues. So I think that's where that's where the the issue stemmed from. And that's why he he magnified the religion as much as he did because it was kind of like a crutch for him. 
Yeah, it really was because at least, but see, the thing difference between Kanye and X is X is always giving up to God. No matter what trials and tribulation he go through, he still looks to God to help him. Kanye, like Alfred said, he was too extreme with this. And then next, a cult, you could say, with the Sunday I, I, service I and hate, all that. I, yo, y'all gonna hate me? I thought it was a cult, and I still think it's a cult to this day. <laughs> So why is he sorry? That's your boy. Oh my God. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's, cool. it's, it's cool. It's fair. It's, it's totally fair. It's totally fair. It's totally fair. Look, look at the presentation. Tawazi, you want to digress into that about the Sunday service? No, nah, I mean, I ain't going to hold you. Like, it's, it's to me now, there's, like I always say, there's this blurred line, especially with this documentary now, where is it what's real and what's for show? You know what I mean? Like, you could even take a step back to go look at Tupac with the whole biggie beef and how there's rumor and innuendo that they're saying it was all like a work. It was all fake. And then they got worked up into it and then it became real. I don't know what's real or what's not real with this guy. It's to some points I feel like him and Kim had those babies just for show. I've known people do that just to say, okay, we want to be in the media. We're rich. We don't care. We just want kids, whatever. It's all a, it's all an act. But like I said, if you want to show me like people dressing up in brown and well Yeezy clothes just to come out there and do gospel, it does benefit his pocket. You know what I mean? But to me, is like it could go either way. So I'm not for it and I'm not against it. It's just you have to separate yourself from all the act and like we all say on this show is like, what about the music? You know what I mean? Right. I got a question, Quasi. Mm. Um, you know. What what was your take? And I I don't I don't think this was even in a documentary, but lately this was here that we've seen it um outside of documentary. What was your take that when he brought Marilyn Manson on his album? <laughs> it's just I okay, this is me, right? I was a Marilyn Manson fan. Not a hardcore Marilyn Manson fan. One of my oh. favorite Marilyn Manson songs is The Beautiful People. I love The Beautiful People. That's my Monday favorite Marilyn Manson ever. I actually liked it from when it first came. I saw him perform it at the 97 VMAs. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, nah, this guy's sick. But you know we what appreciate I mean? it more because we're wrestling fans. It's to hear it yeah, every exactly. Monday night was very good. <laughs> <laughs> but at the flip now, yes, he does have some satanic things in his lyrics and things. Those things I kind of tune it out and just accept life as it is because, you know, him having Marilyn Manson is just an extension of his creativity and where he's going. You know what I mean? Jesus in itself was an experimental album, the same way as 808s and Heartbreaks. People don't like 808s and Heartbreaks. I'm one of them. Don't like, I don't like 808s. <laughs> I'm one of them. I'm sorry, man. I've always, I've always said I'm sorry. I've, called it, I've called it 808 and BS. I, I've said a whole bunch of things about that album, but now I understand why he did it. It wasn't for me. And he got too, too, too much auto tune. Yeah. No, but he got to a level where he said, you know what? I can do things. And I'm an artist, and that's what artists do. They try things. It, you may not like it, but you got to respect his artistic merit. I hated Jesus, but there's songs on Jesus that it's like, okay, this is all right. You know, it's cool. It's not and the kind of... You know what saved Jesus? I'm glad you brought that up, Tawazi. The live concerts. Yes. That's what saved that, Jesus. And like I said, it's all a gimmick. So it's an extension yeah. of just... Like, look at LL, and I don't mean to knock LL, but what LL did for 10 albums, just rap. <laughs> That was it. Yeah. Just rap. They said in a in a market where you have to be competitive with it, social media, where you have to be trending with the tweets and how he could go off on a rant. Like 
Kanye is Apple. He's Apple. <laughs> he's Apple the company. <laughs> he could put out anything and people go crazy over it. Crazy. We know yeah, the iPhone is gotta, not the best. You got to deal with that st- stream, uh, stem player and shit. Shout out to and shout out to L, shout out to LL. That's me, Pupa Dot. Let me let me let me. You know something? I'm glad you guys brought that up. I have a question for everybody here, and we all know mm-hmm. about this. Where was Amber Rose? She didn't need to be in it. I think Amber Rose came into the part where he wasn't filming for the six years because 808 and Heartbreak. Word is that that project is for her. Is that true? Mm. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole I thought thing about, I, I thought that. I thought it was I, for, I thought I thought it was his first fiance at first. No, the whole thing about heartless and love lockdown and everything yeah. like that because we seen Amber them together. Rose. We seen them together and there was rumors. Oh yeah, this the is media. around the gr- uh, graduation. Yeah, 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 there was rumors in the media about her, him and Amber, and then the whole thing about the showers and all that. I said, they didn't even they didn't even mention uh they didn't mention his first fiance in this. Nothing. Well. We did That's see her, what I right? was upset about. She was in the car, right? Wasn't she, she was in the car, car but that was just it. It was not was, much of how. Right, right. There was no acknowledgement of. There was well, no acknowledgement. How they met and everything. Right, 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 right. I feel like personally, there's a lot of like contradictions within Kanye that, and as a fan, it's things that I don't like. Like the fact that he says on the first album, he's like, oh, I used to work for the Gap and I'm the token black employee. And now you fast forward all these years later, he's has a partnership with Gap selling $90 hoodies that's trash. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. And oh, thank you. So you think about him saying things like, oh, I'm so, I mean, drug dealers sell Jordan's crackhead by crack and the white man get paid off for all of that. Now he has a deal with Adidas where he's selling these shoes. And it does make me ease up on him seeing the work that he puts in with the shoes in the documentary where he's going over the designs and talking about his the 700s, which are like some of his biggest selling shoes and the things that he says that they tell him he can't do that he does. But still, you said drug dealer by Jordan's crackhead by crack. And now you just flipped it now with drug dealer by Yeezy's crackhead by crack and the white man get paid off for all of that. But, 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 but hold up, Tawazi. I am Shakespeare. Google. <laughs> Nike. He's he's Picasso, if anything. He said, he said only so 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 it's funny that you mentioned that about Gap and everything like that. When that's who he's trying to compete with, and he's and, and he does business with them, so he takes it out of out of out of the hip hop sense. And that's the thing that we have to look at. What are we looking at Kanye West as? Are we looking at him as a rapper? Are we are we looking at him as a businessman? Like which Kanye are we getting? today exactly and that's all this documentary is it kind of tightens up some loose ends but it's still who are we getting who is this man like rev said look at the accent the accent has changed talking like changed. Hi. And, you know you see him in o2 raw straight raw putting on for the shy but then if he never changed his accent would he have gotten to the heights that he got you know oh, what i mean homeboy oh, had the braids he had the braids with the braces and the iceberg coat Back in 2002. And that's the Kanye we knew and fell in love with. So when you see him in Life of Pablo now in the garden oh, with two chains behind him, with Big Sean mm-hmm. behind him, with Virgil behind him, all these mm-hmm. guys, it makes mm-hmm. you say, like, what's real? You know what I mean? That he go on, go on Drink Champs, oh, Big Sean was whatever you said about Big Sean, you know? And I felt like Big Sean was his artist. That was his guy. But now it's like, what's real and what's not real, you know? Correct, correct. 
Correct. And yeah. you could see that the people that he used to produce for, they distanced themselves from him because of all mm-hmm. the stuff that he's been going through. Like, I applaud Common for bringing him out to that Chicago show. I, didn't, I didn't know that even happened because I, 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 I loved it. I thought I thought, I thought those two I, I thought those two kind of distance from each other uh, as far as business goes. But even when he was in Wyoming, he called him. Yes, he did. And, and, I mean, remember they did that song, that 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 Cuddy song, the poker face song. Yes. Back in I think that was 08 or 09, and they was all on it, and it was just yeah, like, that's nope, right. you know. <laughs> and, and that's another person, uh, Kid Cuddy, because because he was part of the whole documentary, and, and you know. When you look at him, I kind of wanted a little bit more of him in the video, in the documentary, because he's another one that's going through mental health issues right now, yes, especially of what he's battling through. You know something? I want to ask you guys this question. You see to the extremes Kanye West has gone compared to what he's done when he's recording. You see he has to take himself out of a certain element and locked down in a certain element to record. Like mm-hmm. in Wyoming, where he's... Re- so, whoever wants to chime in, everybody can answer. What is the deal with having to do that? Knowing what we know now about Kanye West, do you guys feel that he has to do that? Like, he has to remove himself from New York. He has to remove himself from L.A. He has to move. So he has to go, to go to the Dominican Republic to record, lock that down, or do his whole thing in Wyoming and be surrounded by certain people because look at Wyoming he had Justin Bieber there Dame Dash was there Kid Cudi was there Chance the Rapper was there was he not I think Chance was there a couple of so 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 take take the listeners through that like why does he have to do that knowing what we know now who wants to answer focus Wyoming of all places let me tell you something man Michael Jackson he was at Look! Look where in Wyoming he was at. It was. It was. It was. It was secluded. Yeah. He, he had his space. He had that big screen in the background with all that stuff going on. And, right. and, 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 and another thing, what's with that that camouflage vest he was wearing? I, I couldn't stand that damn thing. I think it's a weighted vest to keep him like working out. That's what I thought at first, like keep the fit up. But I agree. I don't know. That's on him. Because you saw he was stretching out in DR. You saw he was yeah. stretching like he was doing that. But um, at first Eric, I thought it was just a... mm. yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Um Tawazi, you could go, then Eric, I could I could I could get you because this is about a creative sense as far as creating an album. Now Alfred touched on Wyoming, you know, locked down and being away and secluded. I mean, Tawazi, what do you got to say about that process? Because even Nas had to fly out there to do the Nasir album. I'm gonna say two things really quickly, then I want you to jump in. It's just yes. a part of the creative process where it's like you've seen him say, okay, well, I had to leave here to go here and record this and get ultimate focus. He did that for the Watch the Throne album when they did that little crap-ass documentary where they was at wherever they was at, and they flew producers in to work with them. And that's just kind of the landscape of how it got. But at the same time, it's like back to that creative process of like, oh, matter of fact, my second thing I was going to say real quick. Remember, he was stealing studio time from people. <laughs> Not stealing, but bumping around people's sessions. Luda had yes. a session just to get breathing, breathe out. Now he's in DR for optimal creative focus. He's reached to the different level, and he don't need to do that no more. You know what I mean? It's right. just the evolution of artists. Rev, what do you think That's about think. that? Rev, what? Because you write, you you know, you create. How do you feel about Kanye having to do that to create an album? 
I think it's smart. You know, you go where your piece is, and if his piece is over there, then why not embark on it? Yeah. That's yeah. why I, I kind of felt that way, too. I thought that was just his piece. And it, and it shows you his creative vision, because Kanye is an is a, is a evil genius. He knows what the album is supposed to be like, so he surrounds himself with the pieces that he needs to make the album come out. And one component that we've always noticed is Rhymefest. Yeah. Yep. He needs Ryan Fest there to be a part of that. Ryan Fest's been there for day one. He's still there. Yeah. I was so surprised to see him. It was good to see him, though, because Ryan Fest is dope. Because I, I, that's another person I well, would have thought fell, uh, fell out with him. Yeah. Pers- I, uh, Political-wise, I guess. Yeah, out of everybody, you know. But, well, speak- you know, yeah. Go ahead. Sp- speaking of political-wise... Um, and this is the last point we'll touch on because, you know, I, and I know people will say, oh, I didn't talk about everything, but seven and a half hours to sum it up in an hour and change. Like, yeah, that, that's a lot. But the, the documentary toward the end touches on Kanye's political views, the Trump support and the uh, and the and the run for presidency, which actually in the very beginning of episode one, he he briefly mentions it, but it's elaborated on in episode three. Um, I'll start with you, QG. What did you make a, a, of the Trump support and Kanye's? Thinking he could seriously run for president. Well, you know, QG ain't here right now. You think you can talk Uh-oh. about Kanye West? Oh, oh no. <laughs> you have any idea who you're talking about? This is the great Kanye West. He wanted to run for president, and Trump, Trump wanted to run for president, and I enjoyed it. I actually voted for Trump. And all you niggers out there that didn't vote for him, shame on you, because he's trying to make America great again. And Kanye's a good, outstanding man. I told y'all that from the last time that y'all did this episode. <laughs> Uncle QG, everybody. <laughs> Uncle QG. Nobody got, nobody got nothing to say about that. But when y'all voted for them niggers, y'all didn't vote for Kanye West. I was behind him because he was a Trump supporter, and so am I. This is Uncle Ruckus for everybody out there that don't know who's talking. If y'all go back to the archive, y'all know I was there to say he was a good, outstanding man, and I'll, I'll back. So why is he? They thought they could get rid of me from last time, but they didn't. <laughs> bring him back. Bring him out. Bring him out. I told people what was going to happen. But that's just my take on it. So go ahead, QG. Man, get out of here. Listen, as far as him running for president... I laughed because he said that before when he was at, what was it, MTV? MTV. It was at MTV, and he said he was running for president. And I said, you know something? He's actually going to do it. Because we've heard people say they're going to run for president before. But knowing who he is as a person and as an artist, I said, you know what? He's going to go in. And then the whole Trump thing, he just lost me with that. And that's the thing with, 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 with Kanye. I can respect that Kanye means what he says, because if he's a Trump supporter, if he's going to say, make America great again, then you're going to see him with the hat on. You're going to see him with Trump. He's not just going to be in the closet and say he's a Trump supporter. He's actually going to be out there and actually promote it. And that's where he fell away from other people. That's where him and Kwali got into it, him and John Legend, him and a couple other people. So I said, Kanye, do you understand what platform this man is on? Like, why are you jumping on this? Like the whole thing with, with TMZ and slavery was a choice and Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. I said, man, you really, really, really going in too far. 
So with that whole presidential thing, I just looked at it as a joke because we've seen other people with that type of fame jump in and try it. Freaking um, Gary Coleman, rest in peace. And even even Hulk Hogan said he was he even thought about that. There's been rumors mm-hmm. about Dwayne the Rock Johnson thinking of running for president. So it's like the thing to do now. I wasn't. I think Kanye's whole president. I think Kanye's whole presidential thing is is a byproduct of his mental illness. That's just my opinion. That's fair. I'm I'm not. Yeah, a I agree with that. I'm not a therapist. I play one on. I'm not a therapist, nor do I play one on television. But that's my opinion. I I could jump in, right? Go <clears throat> and I'll say this real quick. I when it happened, you know, you don't take him serious. You think it's another ploy for him to sell his album and. Deep down, it probably was just for him to be in the media. And even with him saying the thing about, oh, slavery was a choice and all those antics that he was doing at the time. In that one scene that I'm going to talk about again, when he was looking at the guy on the phone in there, this man is a genius. (laughs) He's a genius. Now, let's fast forward after he said all this stuff when he wore to make America great hat again. Yeah, he went on on, um, thing, SNL and did it just to get a big splash. But Knowing what we know now, and I'm not going to get political, but would we have voted for Joe Biden <laughs> knowing what we know now? I don't, I mean, hey, that's, that's, I don't have to answer that question. Don't, because we're not going to get into that. But it's just one of those things. I'm not going to support it either. But you have to look at it from a business standpoint. And that's where Kanye puts on that red businessman hat because he's a businessman. He understands it's a business. How do you become more powerful? Align yourself with more powerful people. What's the difference between what Kanye did and what Jay-Z does with the whole NFL when everybody was like, nah, 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 we're against the NFL, we're against the NFL. Kanye is like a Malcolm X where he's like, by any means necessary, I'm a link with these white folks and we're going to get on the same page to get more power. Now, is that ultimately going to mean that he's going to be richer because he's already a billionaire? Maybe. And he might not do nothing for people in the hood. But like I said, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just... That's him. He said it back in the day. I'm going to run for president. He said it in 2010. I'm going to run for president. 2020, he just ran for president. Then he says 2024, he might do it. It's just Jesse Jackson ran for president. He ain't going on the ticket. You know what I mean? Like That's right. a lot of people do it. You know, look at the governor, Terminator. Yep. Is he qualified to be a governor? No. Do I think Kanye could run for governor of Chicago and he win? Hell yeah. Somebody Am I actually him for doing- said that. And, and to go with you, Tawasi, we could talk about it. Somebody mm-hmm. said, yo, why don't you focus on Chicago first? We got no problem with you trying to run for something involved with Chicago. Why don't you focus on Chicago? What do you think of that? Well, maybe that was his way to get into Chicago, to say, okay, I'm going to run for president. Look, I got all these votes for my stuff. People, it brings attention to something that he might do in a later time, you know? Nobody said he could be the, the stuff he did with Louis. Nobody thought this guy could make Nike millions of dollars. And when he said, no, Nike not giving me enough of the bag, I'm going to Adidas. Everybody thought the man was crazy. And now look at his sneakers now. I say, don't cut him out. Is it his mental health? Probably has a role to play in it. But again, it's the genius behind the man to say, okay, I'm going to run for president. Trump did it. He could do it too. There's always something behind what he's doing. There's always, always. a motive behind it. There, he's not doing it just to do it. Like everybody touched on, there's a bigger play here of why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Agree or disagree, it all makes sense. 
all makes sense, bro. And that's that's the genius of him because it's deeper than music. It's not just music anymore, you know? Correct. Rock and roll hall of fame and these things don't matter. It's about power plays within the world. And he's he's transcended just a a, a genre of music now to the point where he made 808s and heartbreaks. Boom. He made this. He made experimental albums and now he's he did clothes. He's done every he's done it all. And we've never seen something like this ever in life. <laughs> And the man works hard. Like, you know what I noticed, too, and we all could touch on? He traveled to Japan and China, and he worked with these different designers. It has to go mm -hmm. in his vision. If it's not in his vision, it's not going to come out. And he is so detailed on how he wants everything to be. I respect that. Whatever business it may be, it, it, no, he is like, this is my product. My name is on it. I want it to be this way. I respect that. It takes a lot of hard work to do that. Yeah, I think Jay-Z was involved in the design of the, the S-Dot Carters. <laughs> was he involved in the design of the G-Unit sneakers? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Do you think Rihanna try, goes in the lab and tries out her Fenty products and says, no, I need it to feel like this on your skin? No, she don't got nothing to do with that. So I respect the man for getting in there in the ground roots and going and you seeing it. You know what I mean? Every detail, Is it, every nook and cranny, he has to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. You know? This is his money. This is his money. money. Yeah. And the shoe still looks whack. Um, I don't have a pair. I'm sorry. I don't, I, I don't even want a pair. <laughs> Them nah. shits look stupid. Well, let's, 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 let's go around the room to, to wrap things up. Uh, and we'll start with Rev first. Uh, your your thoughts on the entire documentary? Was it good? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Was it good? Was it bad? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like more artists need to, like I said, hold the um, record button on their phone or cameras or whatever it is, because, you know, stuff like this is priceless and it's dope to share with the audience and let us be a part of, you know, their, their growth and development and their evolution. So, yeah, I, I would love to see more of uh, this kind of stuff from other artists as well. All right, what about you, Tawazi? Yeah, just the same thing that Ref said. I loved it. Um, do I wish more artists did it? Yes, but I'm a, I, I love the whole thing. Shout out to Cootie for doing it. One thing I want to see in the future, and I think they could do it, because I feel like Cootie and Chike got the short end of the stick and only got $30 million for them to split when this is worth millions and millions of dollars. But I wish that they would just come out with the lost tapes and just have unedited footage, you know, because it makes me feel like like what Rev said. He wished more artists would press the record button. But me, I'm a man like if I'm doing something, I'm going to shit talk somebody or I'm going to say something like with this cancel culture stuff. I want to see everything unedited. I want to see everything in its natural form and its natural context. And let's forget the whole cancel culture stuff. If you said, oh, I hate this guy. Um, I don't like him. Blah, 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 blah. Put it in there. Let me see what you like, what you really said. And let's just take it for what it's worth. You know? But loved it. Every single second uh -huh. of it. Even the uncomfortable parts. Loved it. Uh, what about you, T.O.? I, I, I thought it was good. And, and like you said, it's not just about the music. And and of course the controversial stuff is is what you got to see in the early times of Kanye West, and like Rev repeatedly says, and and I don't care if he says it more again, and it's true. A lot of artists need to hit the record button because you always want to you always know one side through the media, but you don't know the other side behind the scenes. 
and it's going to continue. And and, and we want to see of certain artists. Shoot, you don't even get big. Na- I, well, Jay Z don't have a document. Shoot, it'd be crazy if you got a Jay Z documentary or a Nas documentary. Backstage. It, backstage. Well, back. You gonna need more. You gonna need more than backstage. You gonna need more than backstage. Trust me. You gonna need more than backstage. But yeah, it's it was a good thing. You, you saw the life. You saw the rise. People may say the fall of Kanye West at the same time. So it was interesting. And again, big, big kudos to Cootie and Chike on the on the production and the direction of this particular documentary. It was worth it. All right, Q, what about you? Inspirational. Inspirational. It was a brilliant documentary. It goes to show you that if you believe in yourself and if you're confident in your abilities, you can go wherever you want to go, no matter how many people tell you you can't do it, no matter no matter how many doors shut in your face. Kanye is an inspiration. You know, he's somebody that you would want to be like in that regard. You work hard, you believe in yourself and you do it. It, it was it was more of an inspiring thing for me, regardless of whatever controversy, anything that's going on. You could come from nothing to be something. And to the end, that, that, that's what that documentary represents. Yeah, and and, I, and I'm and again, I'm gonna finish it off with I'm I'm just amazed, and I feel like you know nobody would ever think to to shoot something 25 years ago and and hold on to it for so long, you know? Like to me, like I'm kind of inspired now. I might I might just walk around and just film everything rap lab and 30 just years don't say. I might be a rap just lab. Don't <laughs> if you're saying you ain't gonna make money, my singing is an integral part of this documentary. You want to make money, but uh oh, funny guy. But uh, I want to thank Tawazi for, for for coming by on the show. Yes. Um, yes. Tawazi, real quick, um, as a as a refresher, can you just tell the people what services you provide and what you do and where they can find you? All right, um, I'm gonna make this quick again. Um. You could, I do video productions. I make um, short films, documentaries, music videos, anything under the sun. I try not to do bar mitzvahs, but if y'all want me and the price is right, I'll do a bar mitzvah. I'm also a DJ. Been a DJ for, I think, like 17, 18 years now. And, you know, I'm just happy to just provide music and just bring joy to the world. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me, Tawasi Clark, DP. That's T-A-W-A-S-I. Clark with the E at the end. Don't forget the E because it's very important. And the DP, that's on Instagram. And my other page, my DJ page is LL underscore cool underscore fluff. You can catch me over there. Listen to my mixes on SoundCloud. You know, my cool 3000 my DJ name. So just put that in and you'll find me all my DJ-related content. About it. Be good to people, man. Treat people right, nice. We'll, we'll, it'll be in the episode. We'll be, we'll be in the episode description. So uh, we'll make sure to link to Wazi's stuff. Uh, he does good work. Anybody need him for any videos or photos? You Definitely. got the Candyman's recommendation. The man, the man does good work. Man, good. appreciate that. Uh, of course. I'm and, also uh, going to have a cut. You know, I need a cut, Rev. So I'm going to come to you and see if you can shape up my beard, bring my beard to life, bro. <laughs> Yes. Sir, come through. All right. Nah, Rev is the master of beard. You seen Rev beard? He, he shaped that up himself, bro. Impressive. Right, I'm trying try to get a little something popping, you know? T.O., you probably brushing need a haircut. It. But, T.O., you need, T.O., you need a haircut? 
No, 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 no. We're not doing that today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if I disagree or agree with our with our views on the Kanye doc, uh, hit us up raplabpod at gmail.com or raplabpod on the IG and we'll catch you. So until next week, we holla at y'all. Yes, sir. Peace. 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 Peace.